Greg Dubitsky is one of the most creative minds in consumer goods. With a proven track record for identifying and exploiting gaps in competitive markets, he is the friendly founder of Hello, the naturally friendly oral care company whose products are all natural, vegan, never tested on animals, and made in the USA. Prior to Hello, Craig co-founded EOS, a women's personal care brand known for its ubiquitous lip balm. He also served as SVP of Venture Development at Simon Property Group, leading the initial investment in Method Products, a manufacturer of biodegradable natural cleaning supplies, which was named the 16th most innovative company in the world by Fast Company in 2008. Craig himself was named to Advertising Age's Creativity 50 as one of the most influential and innovative creative thinkers and doers in 2014. Whatever gets you going should come from a really pure place. And I don't think it's as simple as, oh yeah, there's a need for a natural version of blank. Like that's good, but something has to really piss you off. It has to really disturb you. You have to lose sleep. You have to be excited about it all the time. And I think it's really important to fall in love with the problem, not with the solution and not with what you think the economic benefit's gonna be. In this conversation, Craig shares the story of how he founded Hello and offers advice from his transformative career. Please enjoy our conversation with Craig Dubitsky. You're listening to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life. And our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us at membership at ivy.com. Hey everyone, we're here with Craig Dubitsky, the CEO and founder of Hello Products. How's it going today, Craig? It's going great. It's good to be the friendly founder. Right. <laughs> it's a great title. I love it. Definitely uh, yeah. what Hello Products it seems to be about. Um, yeah, so I mean, to start off, just tell us about your entrepreneurial journey so far. You know, um, how did you just get started in your career? Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've really had a career now that I now that I think about it and I hear that word, um, you know, tell me about your career. I, I basically think I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I think you sort of come out that way, maybe. And I was a kid who had a lemonade stand, except my lemonade stand also had a car wash. You know, like I just never stopped. I was always just kind of pushing things, even as a even as a kid. I, I had businesses as a high school student. Um, I had a I had several businesses in college. I originally, I originally went to school really for the music school. I really, really, really loved music. And uh, I had businesses in high school that sort of poured it over to, to university with me. And I had ultimately switched out of the music side of things. Um, and I had a food business open seven nights a week at school where I literally was able to rent space in the two biggest dorms on campus and had fresh food delivered every day at 5.30, seven days a week. And we were open 9.30 at night until 2.30 in the morning. Um, all sanctioned by the school. I, I paid rent to the school. I had to have you know inspectors come in and it was, you know, it was legit. Uh, I had a student trucking business where I would buy bulk airline tickets from a low cost air carrier that doesn't exist anymore and students could fly home and I had trucks that would take their stuff back and forth to school. Uh, more money if we dropped it off at your house, less money if you met us at a predetermined time in some, you know, like big parking lot somewhere. Uh, I had a carpeting business where I would sit in front of the dorm, uh, sorry, not the dorm rooms, but the, the, um, the dining halls at the beginning of the school year. I had gotten the school to give me the dimensions of all the dorm rooms and I would ask students to choose their top three colors for carpet. I had samples that I would sit at a big table in front of the, uh, the dining hall with for the first week of school. And I would bundle, you know, all the top colors and then go buy bulk rolls of carpeting and have them custom cut to fit in the dorm room and then charge them more to deliver it to your room or less if you just picked it up off the truck. 
I did. I, it's like all I did in college. I think. I mean, I, I, I made great friends. I actually met my wife uh, undergraduate in college. So a lot of great things happened in college. But I also, I just made money all through college. So I've, I've just sort of always been uh, an entrepreneur. It was, it was probably the first or second French word I ever I ever knew. And when I was in school, that wasn't anything that you could major in. You couldn't really study it. Entrepreneurship. Um, so yeah, I just always sort of been like that. And I got out of school and I was a trader. I became the youngest member of the New York Cotton Exchange and the Financial Insurance Exchange. And I think I learned another French word, uh, which was arbitrageur. So I became a, a an arb effectively. And I, I traded uh, all sorts of things. And I moved off the floor and traded on the London Metals Exchange. And same thing, I was an arb. I just saw discrepancies in everything. And that's kind of the weird way I've been built. I just for some reason, it's kind of annoying for my poor uh, wife and family. I um, <laughs> I just see holes in everything. I'm like, why do they do it that way? What if we did it this way? What if we tried this? So I've just kind of been like that my whole life. And somehow it's cobbled itself together into what I guess would be a career only because I'm old and I've been doing it for a, a while now. <laughs> but, right. um, you know, I don't think you could plan it. I, I couldn't have planned it. I never would have dreamt this is what I would I would do just sort of happen, but I love it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems, you know, just, it seems to be in your DNA, um, as an entrepreneur. Um, so tell us a little more about, you know, some companies, um, that you built and worked with after college before hello products. Sure. sure. I, um, I was very fortunate. I, I had started a company, uh, and moved to San Francisco and received funding and the company was, a, was acquired and which, which sounds good. It was, it was fine. It wasn't that, uh, you know, it's a great financial success, but it was fine. Everybody had a job at a big public company and, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. And my old CFO said to me, I met this great guy. You're going to love him. He likes all the same stuff you do, brand and design and packaging. And, and, you know, you, you guys just have to meet. So, uh, and by the way, this is like the story of my life. Someone just says you should meet. And I always say, yes. I mean, just it's more magical things have happened to me by saying yes, than I can even try to articulate here. So there was no agenda, just this guy I know and really respect said you should meet this other guy. So I of course said yes. And we had this really spirited chat about brands and design and packaging. And we bonded over this very obscure package um, that never made it to America that we each had. Like we had this, this mutual obsession with design and consumer packaging for some odd reason. And I said, so I heard you have some idea that's keeping you up at night. And he said, yeah, I think cleaning products suck was the quote actually. And I said, well, why do you say that? I've never really thought about cleaning products. And he said, well, you know, the biggest thing you purchase is your home and the stuff you use to take care of your home is so ugly, you have to hide it. So toxic, you have to lock it up. And I thought that was the most brilliant thing I'd ever heard. I was out of my mind with excitement. And very long story short, this person that I had this this, uh, dinner with, these drinks and and dinner with, was a guy named Eric Ryan, who's one of the original uh, co-founders of Method Cleaning Products. So very long story short, I, I was in a position uh, where I was able to help identify things and fund things. And I led the original investment in Method when it was Adam and Eric, the two founders, literally mixing products in their bathroom. It was very early days. And I can't and wouldn't even remotely try to take any credit for Method. The only thing I would say is I was very lucky to meet them when they were really, really at it from the earliest days. And to appreciate that there was a big idea there. And I went to everyone I knew in venture and private equity to try to co-invest with me and everybody said no. I mean, everybody. And that's, to me, like, it's, it's been a great life lesson that, you know, I, I, I don't listen to people who say no so much. Um, I, I listen to them, but I just, I don't get down because uh, most people, their default position is to say no. And when people that are, very talented, very, very experienced and very smart say no. Sometimes it's absolutely for a whole set of very valid reasons, but other times it's just because it's easier response. 
And I look at that and I say, that's awesome because these really smart, talented, experienced people are not going to compete. They just said they're not, they just said, no, like, don't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to invest. I don't want to partner. So I get pretty excited about that kind of stuff. So everybody said no. And method became method. And, um, and, you know, I was on the board for the first five years and, um, and, you know, it was, it was a great, great story and a great ride. And more importantly, uh, it was a great idea and great founders and a great brand and really ter- terrific products that people really sparked to. Um, so I, I learned a lot there for sure. And I had, a, I had this crazy idea uh, to really reinvent women's personal care. I have, I have like 50 of these wild sounding ideas of, of uh, opportunities that I'd like to reinvent. And women's personal care was one of them. And I was the co-founder of, of, uh, of EOS, which a lot of people uh, also seem to have really sparked too. And I, I sat with a sculptor at my conference room table and made these lip balm shapes. And it was the same thing. Like everyone said, no, you can't do it. It'll never work. Um, I, I've heard that so many times and everyone said, you know, you can't do it. The, the whole category is, you know, it's called chapstick. People call lip balm chapstick. They, they own the whole category. And um, what people I think didn't really expect was that, there was a new form factor. I mean, I'm, I'm very obsessive, which is an obsessive way to even talk about how obsessed you are to qualify it with a word like very. Um, I, I care about haptic response and, you know, not just form and fit and function, but how does something in a nonverbal sense talk to you? What does it feel like when you touch it? Um, I, I care about the logo. There had to be nothing adorning or interrupting the integrity of the shape. So in the O and EOS, there's a little tiny uh, negative space where the parting line that stamps the, the piece of uh, componentry out doesn't show up because I couldn't have it, you know, uh, visually destroyed by the, the manufacturing process. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really into these details. And, um, and lo and behold, you know, EOS is, is really become uh, this, this magical thing. Uh, so I was very fortunate to, to have had an experience like that, especially after Method. And uh, then I, I went to go work with a large investor who had taken interest in a salty snack foods company called Popcorn Indiana. We basically created what is now a very large category. The, the salty snack foods category is very big, but ready to eat popcorn it's kind of a new thing. Now there's a ton of brands, but the, the brand that I was involved with is called Popcorn Indiana, which is uh, the biggest kettle corn brand. And it sort of sparked an industry with uh, a lot of other players, uh, you know, Boom Chicka Pop and Skinny Pop. And there's just lots of stuff out there. But popcorn used to just be an item. And I feel like we kind of turned it into a category, which is pretty cool. And then, uh, then I had this idea to reinvent oral care. So I started Hello. And, and here we are with Hello. And uh, it's been quite a, quite a ride. We're about five years into it now. And um, we're now the number two natural oral care brand across food, drug, and mass in the U.S., according to the latest data. And, um, and growing really fast. We're, we're larger than number three through number eight combined. And um, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting time for sure. And, you know, the, the business got started with me, three people, and a dog. So um, to get to get going in such a big mature category with such a small number of, of people, it's been a it's been a trip. Yeah, no, I mean it's an incredible story, um, and it seems like you know your your just ability to recognize incredible great product design and just kind of the the experience of that has seemed to definitely really pay off um, in all the products. Um, so hello is, you know, known for being incredibly transparent company, um, with everything from ingredients to your interactions with your customers. Um, so where did, where did that element come from on top of the products? Sure. Um, well, you know, the, there's sort of, there's sort of central, um, themes to the whole brand and the whole idea. The, the, the idea that, that, that we have this idea around, transparency and this idea around naturally friendly products, they're, they're, they're 
they're very much linked. I would say they're inextricably linked. And the idea for this came from my visit to, uh, to a pharmacy to go pick up some toothpaste. And I looked around the category and all I saw in the boxes, and, and, and I have to stress this, it's all I saw. It doesn't mean that's what everybody else sees. I'm just wired a little funny. So all I kept seeing were pictures of extracted teeth on the boxes. And I thought that was really just the oddest thing ever. Like, why would you have extracted teeth on your product when all you want to do is make sure your teeth stay in your mouth? Like, the idea of this product is that you're going to have this healthy mouth. So why are you showing extracted teeth? It's just the most bizarre thing in my mind that I, I was just like floored. And I don't know why it hit me, but it just hit me. And I picked up some products and I started looking at the ingredients and I'm not a chemist by any stretch, but I saw this one ingredient that I knew was in my mind, uh, it, it raised flags and questions for me and it was saccharin. And I was like, saccharin, why would they put saccharin in this stuff? They basically, in the beverage industry, vanquished saccharin from diet soft drinks like three decades ago because there was all this work done or suggestions anyway that laboratory rats were you know, growing tumors the size of tennis balls or something, and they got rid of saccharin. Why on earth would that be in your toothpaste? And then I started looking at other ingredients, and I was just also blown away. Like, triclosan, what is that? And that's been banned from your hand soap, but you're putting that in your mouth twice a day? Like, that's just crazy. So I, I really started to think about the category because it's a very large one and it's mandatory. You know, you have to brush your teeth every day, at least twice a day, and preferably three times at least, um, just to spare the people you work with, right? In the middle of the day, depending <laughs> on what you had for lunch. So I looked at this stuff and I thought, you know, the brands to me, apart from extracted teeth and ingredients that were scary to me in some of the products or actually many of the products, um, they put me on pause and alert, but the brands and the branding and the messaging also sort of freaked me out when I started to think about it because everybody was talking about kills this and fights that and eliminates this. And if you're not whitening, you're frightening. And uh, you know, the dentist is going to hurt you if you go. Like everything was about fear and shame, right? The dentist is going to hurt you, like I said, or you won't get the date or the interview won't go well. And I get that these are classic drivers to get people to want to pay attention to your brand. You know, like if you make people nervous enough, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll think what you have is the solve to these problems that, you know, you've been beating them up over the head about. Um, but that just didn't seem very sensible. And and I like to think that as human beings, we've evolved quite a bit and that we don't always need to be you know, scared to be enticed or interested or curious to, to do something, engage or transact in something. Just seemed like a very old way to, to think about this stuff. So the idea behind hello was really you know, driven by these things I'd seen and then this positioning. And I thought, you know, what if something were really friendly? like just the opposite of fearful and shameful and inclusive and interesting and, and transparent. Like this stuff is called personal care, but it seemed like it had become impersonal care. And I had heard that Tom from Tom's of Maine had sold the business and had, you know, moved, I think for half the year to San Diego or something like that. And, and I didn't know anyone who, you know, I, I didn't know if there was a Proctor or a Gamble at Proctor and Gamble. And I just started to think about all these things, you know, were there any Lever brothers at Unilever? You know, it just seemed like there were these big conglomerates and the humanization of the product had been basically delegated or relegated to marketers who were just going to hire actors to do a portrayal of something on, on TV. It just didn't seem that real to me. So I thought, well, what if we could make products that had ingredients that were you know, as natural as we could find that could work? Um, and what if we made it beautiful? And what if we made it fun to live with and interact with? What if it tasted awesome? I mean, it goes in your mouth, right? So anything that goes in your mouth should be as natural as possible, at least as natural as we can make it in the case of hello, and be delicious. Like it goes in your mouth. It should taste awesome. So that was it. And if we're creating a company, like what if it were based on these ideals of friendliness? Wouldn't that be cool? 
And to me, transparency is, a, is an interesting word for sure, but I like to use words like thoughtful um, because that's where we're trying to be. And wouldn't it be cool if you could interact with the company in a different sort of way, not just transactional, like, oh, yeah, we buy the product and end of story. But what if like, we were really here? What if you could Skype with us? And it's really, it's Skyping with, with me. I'm the only one crazy enough who wants to do this. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it, if you go to the website, it's, it's really me. If you Skype, I mean, I was Skyping with somebody from Saudi Arabia just before getting on this call. We get pinged or I get pinged from all over the world all the time. And, you know, I've had teachers ping from classrooms with first graders and second graders. I've had, you know, uh, giant pharmacy companies from Saudi Arabia, you know, get in touch like they did a few minutes ago. I mean, it, it's, it's, an, it's been incredible. And it's, yes, it's about being transparent. It's about being accessible. And I think about being human and being thoughtful. And if we had the chance to have a clean slate and, and do things uh, however we wanted to, what will we do? So we, we didn't have any layers or legacy. So the idea was, well, you know, let's start from this place of, of accessibility and thoughtfulness and that sort of translates into this bigger idea of, of being friendly, um, friendly to the environment, friendly to your personal environment, you know, when you're using this stuff, um, you know, just friendly to company to, to interact with and engage with. And it's been, it, it, it's been a real, uh, I don't want to say like a boon because it makes it sound like this wasn't a gimmick. This is the way it was built in from the get go. Um, and that's, that's why I feel like it's, it's, we have a long way to go, but I feel like it's these touchstones, these, these smaller moments that really create ripples and that have really gotten some people to be excited about what we're doing. And, and I'm very happy about this, pay attention to, um, to what, they're, what they're putting in their bodies, uh, which is a big part of what we're, what we're about. At the end of the day, we're creating a, a healthy product because we, we care about people. So we, we are transparent and we want to interact with people and that's also how we keep improving because people tell us what they like or what they don't like. We're very lucky. Most people just tell us what they, what they like and the people that call and complain or Skype and complain, it's usually like, I can't find the product, which, you know, I never want anyone not to be able to find it, but as complaints go, that's, that's a, that's a decent one or, um, uh, you know, you don't make, uh, you don't make peach mango mint anymore. And, and because we made peach mango mint, but the problem is I think whoever has been emailing or calling and, uh, and, and me, we're the only ones who, who liked it enough. Um, so that flavor, as much as I loved it and so, some people love it, it wasn't, wasn't the most popular, but that's the thing. Like we'll try, like, we'll just keep putting cool stuff out there and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Tell me, yeah, it looks like you've built, you know, an incredible team at Hello and you've had experience building other teams before. So as, mm -hmm. you know, an entrepreneur and a founder, what are some of the key elements you look for in a great team and just in individuals in general? Um, that's a great question. It, it, I would say if I had to narrow it down to one thing, uh, it's passion for sure. Because you can't, I say this a lot around here when it comes to all sorts of things we're working on, you can't outsource soul. It's really, um, like you have to be really passionate. You have to love what you're doing. Otherwise, it's a J-O-B. And anybody can get one of those with all due respect to how hard it is to really get a, a job. Um, it, you know, it, it's about really being in love with the idea and the ideals behind what we're trying to do. And when you have people that are really of a singular passionate focus, there's nothing you can't do because let's face it, this stuff is not that easy and uh, things are going to happen, right? A wall is going to be put up that you never even saw coming or thought of. And you either have to be able to run through it or climb over it or dig under it or run for God knows how long to get around it. Cause at some point you hope that wall is going to end. And, um, you, you have to be really, really passionate because if you're not, you know, the, the slings and arrows could, could really, uh, set you back. 
And what I found is the more people are aligned and excited and passionate about what we're doing, they'll, it, it won't feel like work. You know, it's like people ask me, they go, what do you do for a living? I'm like, for, for, for living, I breathe and I eat and I drink water and uh, I don't sleep enough. But those are the things I do to live. What I do for a living, like I don't want to have a living. I want to live. And I think when you're really passionate about what you're doing, you're, you're, you're living, you're creating, you're engaging. It's way more fun even when there's nasty stuff that goes down, because again, that's life. Not everything works out so smoothly. Um, but when you're passionate and excited about what you're doing, you'll find a way to do anything. And when you have a group of people that are like-minded, um, it is a magical thing. I mean, we, 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 we're, I'm pausing here cause I'm trying to think of the best words, but we know we have a long way to go. We're, we're trying to do something pretty audacious, which is reinvent a $40 billion category a daily use $40 billion category. That's pretty audacious. It's a global beast. Like you, like I said before, you can't disintermediate the need to do this. And there hasn't been a new brand in a long time. And we're trying to create something that's really emotionally and culturally relevant and economically relevant, by the way, we want everyone to be able to afford this stuff and to love it, to fall in love with it. So having a team that can finish each other's sentences because we're so connected emotionally what we're, to what we're trying to do makes it really fun. It makes it less like a job or what you do for a living. It's like, it's really cool. So we want to be a, a brand and a place and a company and an effort you join, not just, uh, not just transactional because anybody could do that. That's just not interesting enough. Um, so th it's all about the team because the greatest idea and a so, so team nothing will really happen. If you have a modest idea and an amazing team, they'll turn even something modest into something awesome. So I can't stress that enough. It's all about the people, all, all, all about the people. And I'm, you know, lucky, right? I'm the founder. I get to say I'm the founder. It's terrific. But without the passion and the effort and the shared vision here, it, none of it would happen. None of it. I'd just be a guy with an idea. And that's, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but that's, right. you know, that's not going to, that's not going to, you know, change the world. That's not going to move mountains. That's just going to be, you know, big deal. I'm a guy with an idea. So um, part of my job is to make sure that the coolest, nicest, kindest, smartest, most talented people can do their best work here and get out of the way. That's, that's really like the idea to magnetize the place so that more people want to join not just, you know, apply for a job. Like we, that, that's, that to me is, is sort of anathema. Someone pointed this out to me a long time ago that I've never applied for a job my whole life. I never thought about it until they brought it up. Someone who had known me my whole professional life, my whole post after college life. And, and I thought about it and he was a hundred percent right. I never applied for a job. I would meet somebody and, they would be doing something that I thought was interesting. And I would say, well, have you ever thought about this or this, or do you know somebody here? Cause this could be really neat. And they would say typically like, no, we didn't think about that. And we don't know how to do that. Do you think you could do that? And I'd say, yeah. And they'd say, great, you're hired. And it's like, I made every job I ever had, or I saw something and I started or tried to start a company to go address where I thought there was some unmet need. Um, and I think that's what makes us special here is that people see unmet needs and they go for it. There's, there's not that much um, sort of traditional management that has to happen here because everybody's so passionate and awesome that we just get to like go crank. It's really fun. Right. Like yeah. A, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks like an incredible team. Um, so what was the process like for you creating that naturally consumer friendly product, you know, both on the product side and then, um, you definitely spoken a lot, you know, about the, the relationship, um, with the consumer, but I, I'm, a lot of entrepreneurs want to create an organization, you know, with these values, um, both, you know, on the brand facing side, but also like internally, um, with the actual product itself, you know, being cruelty free, mm -hmm. sustainable, et cetera. Um, so what, you know, advice would you give to them? Cause a lot of entrepreneurs feel like it's such a hard process to do. 
It's hard, man. Um, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> there's no way around that. But like I said, if you're really passionate, the only thing that's going to be hard for you is to not go do what's in your heart and your head to go do. So, um, how do you create something friendly or natural or like, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting to the crux of your question. I think a lot of it uh, that I found is about um, doing your best to be really honest about what you're doing and living this stuff. You, you, like I, I meet a lot of entrepreneurs cause I love, I love entrepreneurs and I'm an entrepreneur and I, I spend time at, uh, universities speak with entrepreneurs and, and even inside of some big companies speaking with entrepreneurs. And one thing I've, I've found and something I try to touch on with folks, it goes back to the emotional side of things. Cause I do meet a lot of folks and they're like, I have this great idea. I've identified this need and it's going to make me a lot of money because the need is there and like no one's tapped into it. And they get excited about like, there's a hole and I'm going to dig it. And there's a, treasure chest at the bottom of that hole. And that to me, like, I'm sure there are plenty of folks who have had great ideas and the motivator was the economic bit that they saw that, that, that treasure chest. Um, but quite often I meet a lot of folks like that and it just seems very mercenary. And when things get tough or a shinier object comes, they can lose that focus um, because the, the impetus for why they want to start the thing in the first place may not really be, uh, may not really be steeped in, in something valuable beyond, well, I just see an economic payout. And I think if you're, if you're able to find something that you really love because it's really important to you, um, you know, I have kids and I was like, my kid's toothpaste has saccharin in it. My kids are using something that was banned from hand soap and they're putting in their mouth. Like I can't live with that. Like that just didn't seem cool to me. And, um, and I thought there were a lot of other reasons to make this category fun. So it, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is whatever gets you going should come from a really pure place. And I don't think it's as simple as, Oh yeah, there's a need for, you know, Oh yeah. You know, it'd be great. A natural version of blank or a well-designed version of blank. Like that's, good, but something has to really piss you off. It has to really disturb you. You have to lose sleep. You have to be excited about it all the time. And I think it's really important to fall in love with the problem, not with the solution and not with what you think the economic benefit's going to be. Because first of all, there may not even be an economic benefit. And what you perceive to be a big win um, in the marketplace and some big payout one day may never really happen. And if you're in love with the problem, you will work endlessly and it'll never feel like work because you're in love with this problem to always create something and keep optimizing things to solve that problem and make better stuff that people can fall in love with. So for me, it's not about, well, how do you make a natural product or how do you make a venture that's going to create money? Of course we're a business. Of course we're trying to, you know, we have mouths to feed. We have people that, that come here every day and, you know, they have responsibilities and goals and dreams outside of, you know, making the most naturally friendly products in the world. At least I sure hope they do. I'm kidding. Cause I know that they do and we want to feed them and it's a business. But um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're listening, first of all, I applaud you because this stuff is really hard and we need to stick together um, and help each other out. So I'm really, really in favor of, of any and all, help and, and, and inputs too, by the way, because I'm, I'm seeking knowledge all the time. So I try to share, but boy, do I try to learn as much as I can too. Um, and I would just say, you know, fall in love with the problem, not the solution, because that's what keeps you on top of things and ahead of the game. Because once you think you've solved something, there's someone who will clean your clock and, um, and whether or not you're looking to make something natural or, or not, um, natural is, is great, right? The, the, the big thing to think about in my mind is everything used to be natural. There was no such thing as anything other than natural over time. And usually uh, not just because of advances in science and material science and economic theory, but, um, you know, due to a lot of other factors, greed certainly being one of them, uh, efficiency and as efficiency relates to, to profit, 
I'll use profit instead of greed. Um, sometimes we, we, uh, want to advance the ball so, so fast and so far and in such a big way, um, people have, you know, um, done things that maybe weren't the, weren't the, the best for the environment, but they were great for the economics. Now I think it's an interesting time. You can do all of that. You can create something really advanced and really effective because science and technology has improved so much, but still make it natural, which is really cool. So I know I'm sort of on a little bit of a terror here and a little bit of a rant, but um, I, I, I would just stress that it doesn't matter if you're making something natural or something that has nothing to do with, with ingredients, just make sure you're really passionate about what you're doing and that you can stand like it can stand for what you stand for too. And you could feel really good about it. And I think for us, you know, naturally friendly was and is a set of ideals that we care about. That isn't just about uh, the way we look at ingredients. It's, it's how we treat each other, how we treat people we interact with and engage with. I, I try to never use a word like consumer because we're all people first. We just happen to consume things. So you know, how do we treat those folks? And by the way, at the end of the day, oh yeah, we happen to make the greatest tasting toothpaste ever that is effective and as natural as we can certainly make it and made in America and vegan and all that stuff. The products are awesome. But I almost like to think we're in the friendly business, the naturally friendly business first, and we're just starting with your mouth and we just happen to make the greatest toothpaste. So it's, again, going back to like, what would your company stand for? What are the ideals behind it? Not just the idea, not just the economics. It has to be more than that. Right. Yeah. It seems like it always comes back to, you know, passion, passion for your mission. Um, one thing you, you just did touch on, uh, was made in America. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the, the piece that Walmart did in you guys, which is, you know, incredible. Um, oh, thank you. Tell me, yeah, definitely tell me a little more about, um, just, you know, that process and, you know, why that's important to you. Um, definitely with so many companies, it seems to be like people want to bring, you know, jobs back and just everything back home. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've seemed to, you know, done it from the start and just made such a, such an yeah. incredible story around it. Well, uh, thank you. It, it was, uh, it was important to us really from the very beginning. Like I, I, um, was touching on, we had this blank slate. Like we have no layers and no legacy. There were no rules. There was no, um, you know, dictum. Well, we can't do it that way, or that's not the way we do it. Or our brand has always done it this way. We were starting, you know, this was ab initio. There was, there was nothing. We had a totally clean slate. So if we could start with nothing um, and go from there, what were things that were important? So, you know, um, making it here, was really important to me. I just thought, well, why wouldn't we? If we could do it any way we wanted, why wouldn't we make it here? And that was something just from day one that was really um, like on our list. I wouldn't say it was like the, the single most important thing. There was no one thing that was the single most important. And it's really an, an amalgam of, of things that were, that were pretty equally weighted, at least in, in, in my mind. You know, obviously it had to be effective. It had to be safe. It had to be as natural as we could make it. It had to look beautiful. Um, it had to be fun to live with and interact with and, and be display worthy. And, you know, all these things had, had material weight to, to, to me in terms of what and how we wanted the company and the products to look and feel and, and be, be formulated. Um, and making it in America was, was, was right up there. It's just like I said, like, why wouldn't we do that? If, if you could do it any way you wanted to, why wouldn't you do it that way? And maybe it wasn't the most cost effective, but that sort of feeds into what I think I was mentioning before about the economics. Again, we have a business and we definitely, you know, we want to support uh, our efforts here and, and run it the right way and be, you know, a profitable entity. But there's some places where, you make a different kind of investment. You make an emotional investment, not just an economic investment. And you hope that the economics come back around. It's, it's like karmic accounting, you know? Um, it's not like gap accounting. It's, it's, it's karmic accounting. And, you know, maybe we would have saved money making certain things in certain places, but it just felt right to us to do it here. Um, so it was important. And I was very fortunate. I was asked to go down to Bentonville and, and, and give a chat with uh, a whole bunch of folks 
to marketers and all sorts of people at, at Walmart. And, and it just sort of came out. I, I made a comment uh, on the stage about our products and about our supply chain and how, uh, you know, just how thoughtful we try to be even, even when, and if we create waste, we've been doing some neat things where we take our waste and we were turning into fertilizer for EPA approved facilities in Wisconsin farms in Wisconsin. Like we're, you know, that costs us money, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And I was talking about this stuff and someone, you know, was looking at me and, and sort of shot me this look like, well, well, you know, why aren't you guys in the, in the natural channel? And, you know, like, like, why are you excited to be in, in Walmart? And I, I'm given, you know, the, the, the nature of, of our product and our supply chain and stuff. And I basically just said, it really came from a very pure place. I said, we're excited to be in Walmart and I'm excited to be in all the retailers and I'll tell you where else you can find our stuff. But I was excited to be in Walmart in particular because I, I wanted hello to be a product for the hundred percent, not for the 1%. And I specifically said hundred percent, not 99% because it's for everybody and it's a wellness product. And the idea that we can make this naturally friendly product that everybody could afford and that they could find it all over the place to me was like, that was a big idea. And the Walmart folks approached me afterwards and were like, we are really committed to this effort where we're going to invest $250 billion over the next several years in purchasing made in America, made by Americans product. And we'd love to talk with you about this. And I was like, what? <laughs> and next thing you know, here we are. We have this, uh, you know, wonderful set of relationships inside of Walmart. And they featured us in this uh, incredible video spot. It's on their corporate blog and it's, you know, online. And it's, it's, it was, it was a lot of fun and uh, to make, and it's a, just a good overview of, of really sort of our, our story and, and I think our, our ethos and, you know, huge props and shout out to, to Walmart for giving this a go. And uh, I, I, I appreciate that you've, you know, mentioned them specifically, but I would be remiss and wrong if I didn't also, you know, give shout outs, like we're in some incredible retailers. And I have to say, I, I mean, I, I don't know that they're listening, but even if they're not listening, a, a huge, huge thank you for believing in what we're trying to do. Because again, this was something that, you know, this is a brand new brand in a very mature category, right? Oral care is a, is a beast, depending on, on which research you look at, it's between 30 and $40 billion a year globally. You know, toothpaste alone in the U.S. is over $3 billion in sales. And the aisle has been effectively owned by a handful of brands for a very long time. So to take a risk on a new brand um, is a big deal for a retailer. And we are beyond appreciative. Uh, that's an understatement to end all understatements. And that's the other thing that's been so exciting about this, that we've, we've received uh, an incredible outpouring of support for what we're, what we're trying to do. And the other thing is, I can't stress this enough. When people try the product, they love it. That's the thing. So I'm a passionate guy and we're a passionate group, but I'm not going to be next to you when you're brushing your teeth, you know, tonight, um, you know, the product has to be awesome. You have to love it. Not everyone's going to, hear this podcast as much as I wish they, you know, we'd get it to, into everybody's ears and they would all hear, you know, that we have the greatest toothpaste ever. But the truth of it is it's awesome stuff. Like when you use it, you're going to be psyched. Like it's really, it's great. So that's the other thing I can't stress enough, especially to other entrepreneurs, whatever it is you're out to make and you're going to make mistakes. We we've, we've made plenty. I've personally made more than we've enough, uh, we don't have enough time to go through all the mistakes I've made, but it, it, the the stuff at the end of the day is what you get, right? It's like, you, you can be fooled by the price. You can be fooled by the brand name. You can be fooled, fooled by the way you bought it. At the end of the day, you have acquired something, this product, and you should, you know, hopefully in the case of our stuff, you're, you're going to love it. If you use it, it's great. And as a design obsessed person that I am, my favorite thing about thoughtfulness and but when I say design, by the way, I don't just mean form and fit and function and shape and color. I mean 
like, I mean, the entire holistic experience with how you interact and engage with something physically, emotionally, spatially, haptic response, what does it feel like in your hand, all that stuff. Um, It should really make you, when you use it, go, why didn't anybody else make it this way? Why didn't anyone think of this before? Like even our tubes are custom tubes. And because of the way we make them, um, there's a protective barrier layer inside the material that when we first launched had eight layers. Now we got it down to five and there are, you know, we don't have to use uh, preservatives in the product. We want to maintain the integrity of the formulation without having to use preservatives. And we want to keep the natural flavors from degrading over time. And the actual materials in the tube help us do that. And the other cool thing about it is I had a really simple design brief for the tube. I want it to look the same the day you, uh, discard it as the day you bought it. I didn't want it to change form just because you used it because crinkly tubes are just fugly and I just couldn't live with that. So I thought if we're reinventing it, like what if we even just made the tube cooler? What if it just looked good? What if it just felt good in your hand? What if it didn't get crinkly and nasty? So that, you know, this is the kind of stuff we, we think about, or certainly I think about a, a lot. And, you know, the, like I said, the experience with the stuff is sort of where everything starts and stops. Like it has to, it has to rock when you, when you, you know, play with it, engage with it, live with it. Um, that's what we're trying to do. Just make everyday things awesome. Right. So it's, it's elevate the everyday is, is a theme for us. And we're starting with your mouth. There's a long way to go. A lot of other places to delight the, the bejesus out of you. Right. Yeah, of course. And I'll, I'll definitely link. I highly recommend everyone, check out the video. Uh, we'll link it in the show notes below. Um, how can the Ivy community best support your endeavors? That's the greatest question I think I've been asked <laughs> ever. Um, well, look, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We're passionate. Um, I like to think that we're really focused here at hello. I like to say more art, less artificial, like we're artists and we're dreamers and we're, we're trying to change the world. And, you know, obviously you have, you have a mouth, you have teeth. So please don't use, you know, products with artificial sweeteners and dyes and triclosan and microbeads and that test on animals. Like don't use that stuff. Um, just choose friendly. I like to say, and, you know, hopefully it's, it's with us. Right. Um, so just whatever you're using, um, we respect a brusher's right to choose. We, we hope you, you give us a try. And obviously, we'd appreciate that. But also, um, I'm personally committed to trying to help entrepreneurs. And obviously, like I said, I learn a lot along the way, too. And please, like, Skype with me from the website. It's, it's legit. It's, it's real. It's me. Um, I give out my cell phone number all the time. You can give me a call. It's 917-392-1000. It's, it's really my cell. As long as I'm not on a plane or in a meeting, I, I pick up, um, you know, call, write email. And if there are things we can do to help each other, that's the big idea. That really is the big idea. Um, the world isn't going to change, you know, one idea at a time. It's going to change because we're, we're going to get together. And we're going to do some great things. That's why, you know, I really am a big fan of what Ivy's all about because it, it is about, really connecting people, not just through social media, that's terrific, but it's about connecting them uh, through these ideals and ideas that can be shared and leveraged and built upon. And that will have unbelievable uh, like step change function kind of impact if we, if we shrink the world a little bit. So um, as much as I appreciate the idea that you guys will all, you know, go to helloproducts.com and go order some stuff, which I hope you do because it's awesome and you're going to love it. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's all that, but you know, call right. And if there are things we can do to help, um, let us know. Cause that's what we want to do. So that's, and that's, that's the friendly thing to do and it's just the right thing to do. So yeah. And, and, and thank you. Thanks for, right. for asking good questions and, and, uh, letting me rant about things like design and, haptic response and, <laughs> and, and uh, what, what does friendly business really mean? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, so you thank know, you. Craig, thank you for, you know, taking the time to chat with us. Um, amazing answers. Um, where can people find more information about you and hello products? Um, you can please come to our website, which is hello dash products.com. Um, you can 
like I said, you can Skype away because I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't sleep a whole lot because this is really fun, not because I'm, I'm not complaining. It's because it's so much fun. Um, so you can get in touch anytime and you can find our products. Uh, boy, in New York City, um, Ricky's, CVS, Rite Aid, uh, Amazon.com, Target. I think actually it's Amazon.com backslash hello. Um, Walmart.com, Jet.com, Target.com, uh, ShopRite you know, all over the place, Acme, I mean, pick a store, Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't want to leave anybody out, but you know, we've been very, very busy um, getting more and more distribution, which is terrific. Again, uh, a huge shout out to our, our team and, and the buying community out there that's, that's embraced this idea of naturally friendly products and, and has given us, uh, a, you know, a chance and, and a real set of fabulous platforms. So yeah, please check us out online. Um, visit, call, Skype. If you're ever in Montclair, let us know. We've got a fun office, dogs in the office. Uh, I turned the music off so it didn't you know, provide a, a background uh, soundtrack for us. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're a relaxed bunch um, and we're, you know, we're, we're relaxed in terms of demeanor, but we're beyond excited in terms of uh, you know, what, what we're doing and working really hard and having a really good time at it. So Stop by, say hello if you're in Montclair. <laughs> Definitely encourage uh, all of our users to go and check out Hello Products. Craig, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. That's our show for this week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Ivy Podcast by Ivy, the social university. We are the grad school for life, and our mission is to spark world-changing collaborations by introducing you to the most inspiring people, ideas, and experiences in the world. Check us out at ivy.com for life-changing advice and gatherings and the foremost thought leaders shaping our world today. For more information about the Ivy community and to find out about events happening near you, visit ivy.com and email us via membership at ivy.com. Dream big and stay inspired.